You're listening to Well Connected with Ricky and Fletch, where you'll hear from business professionals all over the country who have found their success through networking. Join us as we explore the path to success and what it takes to overcome adversity together. Hey there, folks. Get ready for another exciting episode of Well Connected with Ricky and Fletch. We've got a special guest today, none other than Richard Sweet with Vantage Point Risk. Richard is a master when it comes to networking. He's, a, he's here to spill the beans on some of the secrets. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting to build your network, Richard has some fantastic tips and insights to help you connect with others effectively. So buckle up, get ready to learn. Let's dive in on Well Connected with Ricky and Fletch. Nice. How you doing, Richard? I'm doing good, man. It's a happy day. Well, thanks for joining us, bud. We uh, we know a lot about you. You've joined us a couple of times and met us a couple of times, but uh, I think the world needs to know more about you and how you connect and and uh, all the good stuff that you're doing uh, at Advantage Point. Cool. Yeah, yeah I look forward to it. Yeah, I'm excited to have you here because you are my were my introduction. I don't want to get too sidetracked on personal stories if if we need to today, but you were my introduction to professional networking, and it's taken off for me and brought me opportunities I didn't even know about. And I see you out there, and I'm a big fan of what you're doing. So I'm so happy that you're here with us today, and I think you'll have a lot of to provide the audience here today, man. Cool. Um, yeah, it's good to hear. Beautiful. We, well, we've got a couple of icebreakers we're going to start the, start this off with for you, if, if you don't mind. We always do the same ones, and uh, it's always interesting to see what people uh, have for answers here. So uh, this week, I'm going to start off and uh, just ask a question here. If you could do it all over again, right, and you decided you were going to be an athlete and you were going to the Olympics, what would be your sport? Hmm, man, if I had to do it all over again, I'd, I'd go down the cycling route still. Um, nice. I did that once before. I was a I was a pro cyclist, so I'd do that again. That's I'd awesome. just start sooner. <laughs> That's always the the uh, the tough one, right? Is is you find things you love too late in life to to really do something with them. I think that's yeah. that's my mo at least. Yeah, it's it taught me a lot. I mean, that's the sports t- teach you quite a bit. Powerful. I, I I like when we find people who have a sport like that a definitive answer that they could have done. You know, that's that's pretty neat knowing that you had that passion. I like it. And uh, that's awesome, man. So what I always ask, what's the most recent app you've downloaded on your phone? Oh, the most recent app I downloaded. Um, I'm big into chat GPT. So I just downloaded an app called uh, Answer Your PDF. So it helps me scan PDF documents into my chat GPT to analyze them. So I'm kind of a nerd that way. That's cool. What do you get from that? So I can, you can put documents into it and evaluate them and ask questions about it. You know, Mm -hmm. so if you have the paid version for chat GPT, it's a plugin that you can do. And, you know, so I just put in a, uh, you know, commercial policy that somebody asked me to take a look at for them and pulled out all the different types of coverages that were in there that we had to make sure we covered. And it was a 112 page document and it did it in about 45 seconds. So, yeah. Wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So that makes a bit, it's, it's nice. So I'm pretty big into that side of things is trying to help move things forward technology wise to make it easier to serve the customer. That's awesome. That's, that's I love powerful it. stuff. That's uh that's really moving the needle. If you can do that in 45 seconds, dang, you can't even read it that fast, you know, no. <laughs> and get everything. Can. Yeah. So. That's powerful. That's powerful. Well, if you wouldn't wouldn't mind, just uh, tell us a little bit about who you are and uh, what you're doing here and and all that kind of good stuff. Ooh, that's a long story, but 
So currently, I'll start currently and then jump backwards a little bit, but currently the owner CEO of Vantage Point Risk, we're a commercial risk and insurance uh, provider for the Pacific Northwest, cover Oregon, Washington, Idaho, and Alaska, just because I like to go to Alaska. But going backwards, um, if you will, I started out my career in mechanical engineering and business management and worked in the wood products industry for a long time. Got my project engineer license, went on to get controls engineering education and worked a lot in the R&D fields in that realm and built sawmills all over the world, which was a lot of fun. Got recruited over to the waste and recycling industry, which to most people doesn't sound super romantic. But again, it, it required traveling, developing product lines, building relationships. I spent my time there helping build several different divisions within the company. We took a company that was about 5 million in revenue up to over 300 million in revenue in the 10 years I was there and uh, expanded throughout the, the world. We were putting robots and AI generated items into the waste and recycling world, which was really cool and built some of the biggest systems in the world. I finished there doing uh, capital equipment sales. So I was selling to the customers on the West Coast Companies like Waste Management, Republic Services, Recology, and a host of other smaller entities, but really the major players in the industry. Got tired of traveling and went out and decided to buy an Allstate agency. Did that for about a year and a half. Realized that wasn't the right path for me. I just couldn't help people the way I wanted to help them. And uh, started Vantage Point Risk and uh, has taken about two years to kind of figure out the direction I want to go. And relationships I want to build. And that that's where we're at today and diving into it, figuring out niches, figuring out processes, all that kind of stuff. And yeah, that's a big part of it. And then, uh, but across the whole path, it's always been like we've been, we were starting to talk about is the networking, building relationships and figuring out how I can help people in that networking world. Because I've always found that no matter what industry I was in, the wood products, the waste recycling, the insurance, if I can help people out, and network with them, then I see a return on that. That's powerful. That's powerful. Because that's a big jump, right? I mean, that seems you've done a lot of things. Um, you mentioned before your, your your AI, you know, app you just got, you were putting AI in there, and you're building relationships with these people all along the way. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Like how, how you know, how, how have you, it seems like a consistent path, right? Like you've, you're different, different industries, but a consistent, there's some consistent factors in there, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, from a thought perspective, I'm big on how do we use technology, hardware or software to kind of advance our, our movement, right? How do we move forward in that? So we can spend more time making connections and use technology to help drive the processes, drive the stuff that people can't do. You know, we were in the waste and recycling, we were putting robots on sort belt lines that were picking through trash, where people would get paid minimum wage, work in a bad environment, a lot of injuries. We could put a robot that could do the same job. Yeah, it worked faster, it worked more consistently, stuff like that. That was always the upsell of it. But at the end of the day, it was able to take people and elevate them into different positions. So entire my whole entire career was building relationships and using technology type products to really drive that, you know, and, and help them be successful. And so now, you know, with insurance, I look at that as a as an aspect. There's somebody that I connected with. He's on the East Coast, um, gentleman named Ryan Hanley. I think Ricky probably knows him. 
he, he has a big saying is human optimized, technology driven. So how do we human optimize what we do so we can build connections, drive it with technology? So, and that gives me more time to go out in the field and talk to people, go out, network with relationships, build those partnerships with people that are valuable. And it's just, that's been this kind of story. I've always looked for the next thing. I, I like, I like that. And yeah, Ryan, Ryan's a great guy. And I really like the way he thinks about those things. Um, you know, we, we had a guest on here earlier who we were getting into how he has such a volume of connections that he makes networking. And what I think is one of the hardest parts about networking and meeting people and making those connections is that follow-up when you're meeting a lot of them, because you only have so much time to really spend with so many people. And he's creating an automated system in his CRM kind of to help touch and stay in touch with touch points. And that's really interesting to me how he's going to to learn down the road, how he finds that balance of still keeping it personal while automating some of that, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. I had a meeting with a gal this morning that she, she wants to build an app to help manage that, right? Follow-ups and social media and stuff like that. But I mean, it's like we're talking about those relationships are great. You got to learn the ones you got to nurture. We have a you know a, a networking chapter. It's a BNI chapter here where I'm at, Eugene. We're up to 28 members now. We got to find more applications. And people are constantly coming up to me going, hey, let's get together for a one-to-one. I'm like, that's great, but you're a realtor. And I, you know, it's not that I don't want to network with my realtor, but it's a relationship that I want to maintain, but it's not a relationship that I can, that there's the biggest benefit for us. Right. And you got to take your own business and drive and figure out how, what relationships do you need to nurture? What relationships are going to bring value to both sides? So a commercial insurance agent working with a realtor just sells homes while we want to maintain a a good working relationship and have a connection, it's probably not somebody I'm going to want to meet with every week or need to follow up with on a regular basis. Whereas the commercial lender in my group, we get together every week. You know, so I think when people look at networking and connections that way, it's really hard to get, it's really easy to get caught in the trap of, I got to talk to every single person out there because there's an opportunity that they might refer me business. And that's, uh, that's something that a lot of people I think don't really focus on. They're, they're too much of a generalist when it comes to networking. That's interesting. I think that's a powerful piece right there. And and I kind of want to see if you if this has been a trend for you in that you've done several things along the lines. Has that that room, right, that you're in, whether it's virtual, whether it's in person, that kind of thing, whether you've been, you know, with the wood products, whether you've been with the waste management, whether you've been with the insurance side of things, you know, wherever you're at. How has that room shifted, right? So how have you been more intentional? Are they the same people, the same types of people? Or have you shifted that, you know, as as you've kind of grown and changed within your career? You know, it's an interesting concept where I was talking to somebody the other day about this because it's with insurance now, I'm more localized and where I'm at. The waste and recycling world and the wood products, my customers weren't local. My customers were all over the globe, all different areas. When I was in the more sales aspect in the waste and recycling, my territory was California, Oregon, Washington. And so I'm down in the Bay Area, I'm down in LA, I'm up in Seattle, I'm in Portland, and I'm trying to get in front of the networking groups to build relationships. But then it was more like association-based. Where am I going to go for the Bay Area Waste and Recycling Association and meet people there? Those are where my customers are at. I'm trying to network and build relationships there. And I think that changes when you're local and depending on where you're at. You know, Eugene, Oregon, where I'm at, I was just having this conversation with a new medical clinic that we wrote. And I mean, she just, she loves the fact that we're local, right? 
and she can call me. I can come down. We can get together pretty easily. Those relationships build. Whereas I get a customer called me from Seattle. Everything's online and half the time you never even talk to the person and they're signing bigger accounts. You know, so when you develop relationships, you got to figure out where you're at. The people in the room, I think, depends on what your focus is. You know, if I was doing a lot of PNC insurance, almost everybody I talk to is probably a good referral partner. We're a niche down agency. We focus on certain verticals. I'm going to go talk to the people that connect me with other people in those verticals, or I can utilize to help my customers in those verticals. So I think it just depends on where you're at, what you're doing, and you got to do that. And too many people take this shotgun approach to it and just say, I want everybody. I'm going to go to a greeters meeting and chamber of commerce like meeting, and I'm going to meet every single person in there, and I'm going to do a lot of networking. But how much time do you spend talking to somebody that you can't bring value to and they can't bring value to you? You know, last year in BNI, I think I did, I got what they call a master connector award. There's two of us in the state and the region that got that. I did 191 one-to-one meetings in the past 12 months. That was with Justin BNI. That doesn't include between like the other networking associations or network groups I'm part of. And I see you all over the place in doing the, are you a Toastmaster? Nope. But you do Greeters, Chamber? Greeters, Chamber. I've done some, um, my mind just went blank, Rotary stuff a little bit. I'm not a Rotary member right now, but I was part of the Rotary for a little bit. You know, a lot of it's BNI. I've used, I've been able to utilize that organization to really expand my reach, reaching out to other connections and building relationships. And then we put on a lot of uh, local events too, you know, to build those relationships. And I invite the people that I feel like are going to be a benefit to me and the agency. So I just kind of point out my, you know, the, the amount of groups that you're in and doing. And when you say you did that volume of one to ones only in BNI. Yeah. While you're also talking about who it is that you're spending the most time with that are value partners to you, I mean, it seems to me like you've somewhat nailed down like where to focus your networking time. And that's got to be some pretty solid referral partners you've been able to develop and meet with. Yeah. Frequently. You know, last year through the BNI connections, which is an easy way to track it. You know, the agency brought in just shy of 800000 in premium for five nice. you know, And that's targeted approach. And I wasn't overly targeted in the beginning, to be honest with you. I mean, I it, part of it, I had to figure some of that stuff out. That was the hard part coming from like traveling and networking and building relationships to being local and not being protective of my time. And I think there was a light bulb that kind of went off, I don't know, six, eight months ago. It was a podcast I was listening to and they were talking about it's okay to be selfish about your time and build those relationships and be intentional, right? You're networking, you're building your business because of you, not because of other people. And I used to be, I mean, networking is like one of those priorities that's high on the list for me. I mean, it's its a business decision to do. And a few people I've talked to are like, it's the same thing for them, but you know, they'll open their calendar up to anybody and at any time. And they never protect their time or their customer's time. I have pretty set guidelines. I mean, you know, I, right now I have three hours a week that are set aside for networking, you know, and I'm booked out five weeks right now. And uh, even though it's an important aspect, it's also, I got to protect my time and I'm going to meet with the people I need to meet with. So I have prepared that down a little bit. That's a pretty, I mean, that's impressive considering, you know, I'm just thinking to myself here, you've got 
we named off three different networking groups essentially plus you do some stuff with rotary right you got your calendar booked out five weeks you're very intentional with who you're doing that intentionality i feel like is is powerful do you do you have you seen a an increase in productivity or success or any kind of other markers that are so like from because you mentioned you had to change you had to shift gears so i'm just wondering you know what is that what has that done for you you know over this period of time of your learning right you know, one of the one of the things, yeah, it definitely has. It's been more productive. Um, part of the switch also was being more intentional. Is you know, let's say Sean, you and I are going to get together. I'm going to send you who I'm looking for ideal referrals, and also who I've been working with. Right? I'm going to send that to you up front, and I'm going to ask for the same thing back in return. You know, and maybe it's not the first two or three times we get together. You know, you got to build that relationship. You got to build that know, like, and trust. Right. But as you get that relationship and you keep meeting with your your partners is, hey, Sean, here's the, the past 10 customers I've helped and why, you know, how did they find me? What solutions, what problems did I solve for them? I'm going to teach you essentially how to listen for referrals for me. So when you're seeing your clients, somebody says, you know, like I just had a, a local uh, medical mental health institution, you know, pop up and it was a referral. They're talking to their business consultant. They found out that their landlord came to them and said, hey, you got to get, we need proof, we need a certificate showing that you have insurance. And they went to the business consultant and said, I don't know what he's asking for. Like, I don't think we have what they need. I had just met with her talking about other people where we wrote a general liability thing and we had to work with their landlord to get them certificates and get them on the policy. That clicked to her and she's like, you know, I got somebody that can at least take a look at it and if needed, get you what you need. So it was a way for me to educate her based on recent interactions of solutions. And so when something clicks to her, she hears that, it's all of a sudden a referral. I started doing that, meeting with less people, being more intentional, and my referrals probably tripled. Wow. Versus just going together and having a beer, which is great, but having some structure to it. I mean, I, I just want to take a minute and point out how impressive it is to do $800,000 in premium from BNI referrals as an insurance agent, because that and in Eugene, you're not even up here in Portland, the big city. And well, it's not like Eugene is some small town, but you get, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it, it's a so small honestly, community. Honestly, not, it's not all in Eugene. I mean, I got network partners to BNI in Seattle. Okay. I got be, uh, you know, partners in Portland, Medford, all over the Northwest, Idaho. I got a couple of referrals from an agent in Georgia. He found my BNI profile online and liked what it said. We had a one-to-one. -one. I actually did their, I think actually I met with him through their, they call it a speed networking or something. It's like speed dating, right? <laughs> so, but yeah, I just had a conversation and we got together, looked up my profile, sent me two referrals. One was a huge solar farm. It was a $130,000 premium account. And I, I spent mean, less than five minutes with the guy on, on, on a Zoom call. So it doesn't even have to just be Eugene. No. And and sorry, I didn't mean to pigeonhole you. No, like I, know. I, I didn't I know. mean no, I know. I, but 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 in BNI, I see a lot of bigger commercial agents leaving BNI, not renewing, joining. And I understand this because I am a commercial agent. And in fact, recently I just moved to the commercial seat and opened up the personal seat in our chapter. And because I'm again, I think you're somebody that I see doing and I've want to emulate some of what you're doing. And just the fact that you've done that, I think 
is different than the conception that a lot of people have about groups like BNI of just sending Main Street small business. Yeah. And I don't think it's just BNI. I think it's every type of referral sure. group, hard referral group, right? You're going to get into it what you put what you what you get or you can get out of it what you get into it, right? They say that every single time. If you're just generally meeting with somebody, I get together with Ricky and we bullshit about our business and complain all the time. We mark it down as a one-to-one, but we never talked about who's who are you looking for, Ricky? Who are your last 10 clients? How am I going to remember, if I would come across that scenario, how you help somebody like that? And I think that's big. I think educating, truly educating people makes a big difference. And when you can get to that point, and learn how to educate somebody, it not only benefits them, it benefits you. You know, it, it is a selfish, in a way, a selfish act because I'm I'm growing my business, right? My my time is valuable. And when you start thinking about how valuable your time is, you start looking at when you're meeting with people, how do I get the most out of that? You know, my average return on BNI when I look at it is about a $380 hour investment on a return on investment. That's if I'm meeting with somebody and it's a hundred dollar return on investment, is that worth my time? Well, not when you're at three eighty. Yeah, and when people can take that mindset and be focused, it's important. You know, I mean, we're all three in insurance, and I, you know, so I don't know if you have specific niches. You know, I know Ricky has some specific niches he goes after in a commercial, right? And I do too. Am I, you know, Ricky? Are you going to go meet with a farmer no. or somebody that can introduce you to farmers? No, man, I'm. Right. I'm, I'm allergic to everything on a farm. I got no business well, being there. I don't even know. Yeah. I... It's the same idea, right? I mean, right. Like, no, but I, great... I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I, I... A, let's say you got a CPA guy in your in your chapter, and his clients are all farmers and ranchers. Not a good referral partner for me. Right. But you but you meet with him every week, right? I mean, because you have to check a box because somebody tells you to do it, right? And that's the that's the trick. I think is. People want to check a box. They want to do something. So everybody, you know, whatever in the hard networking group they're in, they're making everybody happy, but they're not really, they're going, they're going through the motions, but not doing it. Padding their stats, essentially. Yeah. So to play a little bit on the other side of here, because I know a lot of folks who will be listening to this are somewhat newer, maybe not ex as experienced, but, you know, uh, and you said you've kind of been learning this, right? Over the last year or two. How did you come across your specific niche, right? How did you decide, draw a line in the sand, I'm just going to go out? Was it just dollar figures or was it who you like to work with? Or, you know, how did you determine that? You know, it's in our industry, it's so easy to be a generalist and answer the phone. And when you start out and you start out as a, what they call a scratch agency where you have no income, you want anything and everybody, right? A couple of years in, it's easier to say no to a few people, you know, because you don't need everything that comes through the door. When I think about like what I was doing in the waste and management, the company I worked for, we were really focused. We were a niche. We built recycling systems and we didn't build the $100,000, $200,000 cheap. We were one of the top three or four companies in the world. Our systems were $15, $20, 25000000 million. So 30 some odd companies that built equipment that could go into the product. My customers were the ones that could spend the 10, 12, 15, $20 million. So when I think about insurance and I think about what I'm focusing on, it's taken me a couple of years to truthfully have the guts to say, here's the line of sand, right? I was like, oh, I'm going to do contractors. Well, everybody does contractors. Go to associations, build meetings, tried that. It was kind of a race to, a race to the bottom every single time. 
so I I settled on or picked, not settled on, I should say. It's like it took a lot of effort, time, and energy and research. But we're we're going to be focused on like the um, professional businesses, scientific research, technology sector, and healthcare. It's funny how much relief that's given me, right? Like I can focus. I got a direction for my business. I mean, the guy I was talking to this morning is like, I can now like order shirts for my company. <laughs> I mean, simple things sometimes. Right? And it's like, okay, you know, because it's like, okay, do I wear something casual like a t-shirt when I go talk to a contractor? Or if I'm going to go into a healthcare office, do I need to wear a suit and tie? You know, if I want branded clothing for my company, my marketing, my media material, the messages, the discussions, when I meet with network partners, I can be more specific when I do my ask. A really powerful thing we just talked about yesterday in my network meeting was like ask, you know? Now I sent somebody, I've sent a few emails out this week, but I was very specific. I'm looking for, I'm looking to add two new people to my health to my business in the healthcare sector this by the end of the year. I sent that to like eight people and got four referrals because I was specific because I know what I want. Okay. You know, so it's hard. It's hard to nick down because I'm, I've said no more times this week than I've said yes, but now I'm working on a big account because I was able to say yes to him where I wasn't so booked on everything else that I may or may not get. And and I imagine that your referral partners have some sort of a relief. You, I mean, you're talking about your relief of identifying that. I'm sure that that's reciprocal because now they know when they meet with Richard and they talked with Richard, it's like, hey, this is really easy for me to be valuable for him and him me in return. Yeah. Yeah. And every network group you go to, they talk about specific is terrific, right? How do you educate your people to be specific? Right. And so if you stand up in a BNI meeting or in my area, lane leaders or mid valley execs, I mean, there's like half a dozen network, different network groups in my area. You can stand up and say, I'm looking for somebody that has a medical or dentist office with between 10 and 10, 10 and 20 employees. Out of the 30 people in my room, there might be two people that can give me a referral. But I tell you what, they're giving me a specific referral that it's somebody I can work with versus I'm looking for a company that works that has 10 to 20 people. Um, that works for them. Well, we all know that, but how do I know how to refer refer you? You know, is that an office? Is that a con contract? It just confuses me. You know, or, or it leaves vagueness in it, and they confuse themselves. Yeah, you're very specific on exactly who you want, exactly who you're going to work with. Yeah, that's well, and and like Ricky was kind of saying, right? Is is whoever your customer on the end on the end is, is if they know you specialize in who they are that particular person is going to feel more is going to know like and trust you faster if you if you're like i only work with you and your people right yeah. they probably know more people like themselves anyway yeah and their and your network partners when they say they go to that dentist office and they're working with them they're like you know i know somebody that does commercial insurance they specify on dentist offices specialize in de dentist offices they're like great that's who i want to work with right and it gives that opens that door you know, in one dentist's office compared to is like with 10 to 20 employees is the same premium as 10 different contractors with two. And now I'm working with one client that's easier to work with and doesn't look for the cheapest stuff out there. Right. Because they want to know they're working with somebody who knows their business, knows their risks, knows how to advise them. And at the end of the day, when it, when they have to use it, they feel okay that Richard has me protected fully because this is what he specializes in doing. Yeah. Yeah. And it turns out, I mean, all your content, all your marketing, all your messaging, referral partners, social media, everything out there, 
you can tailor to that, right? So with all the volume of networking and the groups that you do, and you're talking about how you're finding these specific people, right? You're specific in there. And those groups are out there. Some You do a lot of the groups because now you have all those people somewhat searching for those specific people for you. Yeah. Is, that, is, is that a way to look at that? Yeah, it is. I mean, it's interesting because like, you know, the yeah, open networking, closed networking, right? The hard groups where in BNI or different hard network groups, I'm the only commercial agent, right? So my team, my group, my team or my member or chapter or whatever is looking for people. You go to a chamber greeters meeting after hours and you say, I do commercial insurance. I mean, in the greeters, the Springfield greeters I go to, there's five commercial people or five insurance people show up, you know, state farm and farmers and American family. And there's actually a couple of independents that show up. They all stand up and they're like, yeah, I'm looking to do your home and auto. I'm looking to do your home and auto. You know, I do insurance. We stand up and then, you know, and I, I got to turn around just for a sec, but, you know, I'm like, we're providing businesses with clear cut insurance solutions. We focus on the healthcare technology and professional business sectors. If you know anybody in this realm that's looking for a tailor-made insurance solution, we can help them. You know, I, so it's funny. I remember that. It's funny you say that because I've spent some time visiting other BNI chapters recently. And some of them have other commercial insurance agents. Not yeah. every single one of them has another personal lines insurance agent. But since I have just recently got my designation, I'm there in introducing myself as I'm a certified work comp advisor. Yeah. I help organizations control the one controllable piece of their insurance policy that there is, which is their workers' comp. And I have noticed, and it didn't really, this is clicking now that you're talking about being specific, is I've noticed that the way people look and respond to me when I say that has been different than any other time that I've introduced myself in any BNI, including our own chapter. Yeah. It's the, they start to realize like, okay, there might be people that I can refer to you. And they're going to look out for specific stuff, right? If somebody doesn't have a problem, is it somebody you really want to talk about, talk to? It's going to be harder to get in, right? Oh, you know, sure. works comps a perfect scenario. Somebody, somebody asked me the other day. It's like we, I was at a network meeting. And I was talking about how to how to ask for a referral, and this was a. I'll give you guys this tactic in a minute, but we were talking. I was using an example of work comp, and I went to the the plumber in the group, and I said because they asked me how do you message people, how do you how do you get their attention, right? And uh, it's like you know, hey, you know, you're a you're a plumber, and your work comp ex. What you know? Do you know what your uh, experience mod is? I don't know what's an experience mod. You know, they even know. You know, has twelve employees, been in business for ten years, didn't know even how to work an experience mod. I'm like, hey, you're my ideal client because I can help you control that and manage your cost. Well, how's that? Right? Like, you didn't have I have no safe. They take care of it. They help me. Yeah. Out, right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you know, I you know, no clue about it, but you know, we could have that discussion around it as a message that resonated with them. I'm like. You know, hey, I ran your work comp mod and you're a 1.8. You're paying about 90% more than your peers for your workers' comp. And I said, how much do you pay for your workers' comp every year? He's like, I don't know. I said, well, according to Too my much. report, $28,000. So if we could drop that, if we could at least get your numbers down in the next three years, maybe we can get you down into 20 grand, right? $8,000 savings a year. Sounds pretty good. Everybody else in the room was like, how do we get to work with you? All right. 
because you're being specific to the network about what solve problems you can solve. Now, if a company has one employee or two employees, they've been in business for two years, they're not paying a lot of money. Can we do it? Yeah. But that's not the customer I'm targeting. That's not for that's not the referrals I'm looking for. I'm looking for high risk customers that have a problem or may have a problem. You know, so when I say I'm looking for a plumber that has 15 to 20 employees working for them, I can help save them eight to ten thousand dollars a year on their workers' comp premiums. That resonates with people. They don't, they don't have to go into the details about experience mods or no, sorry, I didn't mean to sidetrack you no. with that. It just clicked. But, no, me. I know. But the <laughs> referral, but the referrals make a difference, right? I mean, when you can be specific about it to your people you're working with, they understand that. So a good kind of end of year tactic that I just learned the other day. This was a I'll give a shout out to Business Made Simple. It's their podcast called Marketing Made Simple with uh, JJ Peterson. Talked about how to prospect your referral partners for the end of year. And it kind of goes all in, but it's kind of turning the tables in a way. I think a lot of referral partners always wait for somebody to send them something, right? You educate, you educate, you ask, you ask, and you just sit back and wait. It's like, hopefully Sean's going to find, come across somebody and just go, oh, I know somebody that can help you out. Let me send you over to Ricky or vice versa. Whereas... What we don't do enough of is me reaching out to Sean saying, hey, Sean, I'm looking to add a new customer in the Portland area that has a healthcare clinic. Do you know anybody? Okay. Leave it like that. Sean can say yes. He can say no. If I send that email out to two of my network partners every day for two weeks, somebody's going to come back. A number of people are going to come back with a yes. If I'm hitting him for the right, the right people. Sean responds, Hey, yeah, I, I know, I know a couple of people. Why? You know, we've been doing really good with healthcare clinics. I'm looking just to get an introduction, just to, to start a conversation. Would you mind introducing us? I love that. He introduces me to Ricky and Ricky's like, Hey, yeah, what's going on? It's like, well, Hey, you know, Sean introduced you, asked me to reach out to you because we do commercial insurance for healthcare clinics. I'd love just to get together with you and learn a little bit more about what you're doing. So it starts that conversation versus me waiting for Sean to send me a connection. I'm kind of reminding him, hey, I'm looking for this specific vertical. I started doing this two weeks ago, Monday, Monday, two weeks ago, a couple different verticals, almost 20 reach outs. I've had 12 referrals and I've booked six appointments. And I had two of those people basically race to the front of the line and say, hey, my insurance policy is renewing at the first of November. I don't like who we're working with. Can you, can we work with you in two weeks? And those for me, they're not, you know, everybody has a different opinion on huge, right? They're about $10,000 premiums each, you know? So two weeks worth of work, 10 minutes in the morning, I just put on 40,000 in premium and books. Well, Richard, I have to say though, um, you said 10 minutes in the morning. That wasn't 10 minutes in the morning. I'm just going to point that out. You've been putting in work, man. Like you no. mentioned your 380 bucks an hour at BNI. You've been, you've created those relationships. You earned the right to send that email. I just want to point that out because yeah. if someone comes dropping in my DMs or dropping me cold emails, asking me for referrals, I'm not sending anybody anything, but you've made referral connections and you've earned the right for, because you've done what you've done. Right. Yeah. So I'm not trying to talk bad. About it. I'm saying you've done awesome. I'm cheering you on here. But yeah, like that's what I want our listeners to know is like they've got to put in that work so they can do these asks, right? Like that's a yeah, that's basically basically don't overlook 
the background, the the foundation that you've built. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I agree, hundred percent. But I mean, the benefit of doing all that work, like you say, Sean, is you can you can do that now, right? I have fifty people in my networking circle that I can do that with. That's two months of reach outs. Yeah. Well, and it goes to show a friend of ours in our chapter works for the ACA, American Cancer Association. Yeah. She asked specifically on Wednesday in our meeting, I'm having this event in Eugene. It's the first time we've spread out to go down to Eugene. If you know anybody down there that can show up, it's a networking event that they do on and on. And I said, hey, I know a guy in Eugene who does a lot of networking and emailed you. And then you replied how you emailed 60 of your referral partners. Yeah. Like, I didn't expect any of that at all. And it just goes to show what you're talking about and what Fletch just mentioned about all that foundational work that you're doing, that you have those connections. So I feel like people starting off in these networking groups or BNI or LATIP or whatever the one it is. Yeah building that foundation while being specific. Like it seems to me, the only thing that I would think that you would change about what you've done is learning how to be more specific earlier on. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Huge. I mean, it's, it's so important. It's like you figured out the secret sauce, but it's I, the reason why I brought that up originally is simply because I feel like there's so many people who are new to networking or new to their business who are trying to get out trying to network and they look at these paid groups, at, you know, these hard networking groups, like we call them, and they say, well, where am I going to get my return on my investment? Well, and then we, me and Ricky, we have this conversation all the time with people. Don't expect anything for six months to a year, right? Like you've got to put in this time. You've got to put in this work. And this is what we're talking about. Like this is, you know, the cool side. This is where the gravy starts running. Like when you've put in that effort, you've put in that work. That's that's what we're talking. That's, that's that magic that we that we talk about. Yeah. I mean, I right now I probably get, between three and five referrals a week, you know, from anywhere from small, somebody needing, you know, $400 business owner's policy all the way up to a $20,000 premium, you know, on average, something just pops in. And this is across multiple BNI chapters, because I've spent the time networking with not just my group, but other, other BNI groups and other network chapters, where, you know, I, I'll be in kind of meetings at substitutes, and there's commercial insurance agents in there. Half the people in that group send me the referrals because I go meet with them. I do the one-on-ones. I teach them what we're looking for. I had one somebody the other day. It's like, you know, I've met with my, our insurance, commercial insurance person in our group like five times. They've never told me what kind of customers they, they want. I love it. I love that. I, you know, I just had, and, and you're making all, all, I'm getting all these stuff just clicking <laughs> in my head of what I've done over the last few months. And this morning, I had coffee with a business banker. Yep. And I didn't know he was in BNI until I met him. A friend of mine in our chapter introduced us and he skipped telling me that he's another BNI chapter, which is fine. But it turned, he's, he, was we taught we I was talking about what I do in my niches. I wasn't as specific as you're telling me now I should have been. But the point is, he's got another commercial insurance agent in his chapter, but he has a lot of businesses that don't fit that person's niche and what they do. Yeah. And I do. And so he was so happy to meet me and I was able to say what I'm looking for, which learning from you, I still today here in this last 40 minutes, or whatever we've been talking, I really need to narrow that down even better. But my point is, when you get 
specific like that. It doesn't matter. It's kind of like an abundance mindset, really. It does don't 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 be afraid of having another person who does something similar to what you do because it's probably not as specific as what you do. I guess is what I'm trying to say. That's uh, that part there, the abundance versus scarcity mindset. I think it it runs rampant within networking circles. People are scared that somebody else is going to take a referral from them, and I I think because of that they're they're more afraid of they don't put themselves out there as much. You know, and a good example. I mean, it's coming from insurance, right? And usually you don't have as much on the health insurance side as you do on the PNC side. But like I, you know, I have five people in my chapter that do insurance. You know, we have a country guy and he's awesome, but he can do health, life, property, personal lines, commercial, right? We have a health insurance guy who can do health insurance, life insurance, long-term care, supplemental benefits. I have a life, you know, a life insurance guy. He's just life. I'm myself where I can do everything. And then we have a supplemental guy, you know, and then I also have two other people in the chapter that can sell, that sell life insurance on the side, you know, is it not their primary business? So everybody's always like, man, you guys got a lot of people that sell insurance. I'm like, yeah, I, that's where most of my leads come from. I'm glad you point that out because I am a huge proponent. (laughs) I work with more insurance brokers, other insurance brokers, because they have something they can't do or I have something I'm not wanting to do. And we pass leads back and forth like that. They are that's that mindset right there is so important. Well, our commercial banker was worried about a commercial lender coming in our group. I'm like, this commercial lender has been in the industry for 25 years. She wants to do commercial lending. She's going to send you a ton of customers. Oh, she's going to steal my, she's gonna steal the, my referrals. I'm like, no, you guys got to You got to opt in this abundance mindset. There's going to be people you can't help. You tell you, I've sent you customers you can't help. Now you have somebody you can trust to send them to, you know, it's going to take care of them. And they're going to respect you for doing that. Well, and I imagine since you've been so specific and now that you've defined that in your overall business, not just specific with your networking and messaging, but in vantage point risk, when some of those come across your desk, now you're valuable to all those other insurance agents in your chapter you just listed because you're going to send it to them because you're not going to spend your time. It's either going to lower your hourly rate or it's going to be something that is taking your time away from what you focus on that then you can't be an expert for those people. Yeah, hundred percent. So yeah, yeah, it's a, it's interesting, you know, I, and I think that's what networking, networking at the end of the day is the, you know, people go out there because it seems like it's a free, easy way to get business. And because it seems like it's free and it's easy, I don't think they invest the time and energy into making it effective. Yeah. You always hear, you know, Something, I mean, you offer somebody a program and it's free, they're not going to invest the time in it. You charge them $500 for it, they're going to see if they can make it work. So if you can associate money somehow to your networking efforts, I think that that helps people understand it. You know, we talked about BNI and like the investment, right? And I say investment because I think of it that way. People always like, man, it's like, I got to, it's, it's a big cost. Like, look at all this time I got to spend. And that's where it took me to say, okay. Yeah, because I'm the president of our chapter. I spend like two hours every week preparing for the meeting. And then I have another hour meeting with my leadership team. So it's three hours not engaged in two one-to-one meetings. And then you got the BNI meeting an hour and a half. All right. So they're right there is four and a half hours of time. Plus, I do usually about three one-to-ones with other BNI members in my chapter or other chapters. So there's what, eight and a half hours a week. And like I said, every hour I put in BNI, I make 380 bucks an hour. Why can't I find more time to put more time into BNI if I can make that much money per hour? I mean, that's the answer, right? Is it's like you got to be spending 
<laughs> people yeah. are searching where you're, you're pinching pennies you know when you could be making dollars and hundreds of dollars like that's the that's that's where it should be spent but it's hard to, yeah. it's hard it's hard to convince people, brand new people of that and people it is but i, I think mean, it's, it's sometimes hard to even convince experienced people of that because you know it's always because it bni and this isn't a specific bni podcast but it comes up a lot because we're all bni members so it just yeah. is what it is and you know the way that you're scored on traffic lights and how your activity is from month in month to month there's a lot of people that just coast and are still complaining or expecting how come i don't get enough yeah it, it i mean all over the place and i i really hope i can think of a lot of people i'll never name names and i'm not going to be specific but i can think of a lot of people that need to listen to this specific episode <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, of what you're talking about. I mean, there's a guy that I I do a lot of work with. He's been in BNI for about seven years. He's an IT professional, and he told me like second or third meeting, he's like, "Yeah," he says, "You know, you really got to work hard for BNI. You really got to work it." He says, "I've been in BNI for at the time I think it was like six years." He's like, "I usually get about one or two referrals a month with all the networking, all the one on ones I do." He's like, "Wow, okay." And I asked, and I said, "Well, how much is each referral worth?" And he says, "Well." Usually it's like an upgrade on a couple of computers, this and that. So maybe a thousand bucks. And I was like, okay, so two grand a month is what you're you're making and you're putting all this time. I said, wow, that's a lot of time. Six months go by, eight months go by. And I kind of had that realization of I need to change things up and start doing stuff, start seeing more referrals, more business come in. And he wanted to get together. And we had a meeting. We had met probably half a dozen times already. We had this one meeting and I'd send him all the paperwork, all my stuff up front. He came to, he actually showed up to me with four referrals for me. You know, and I was like, that's awesome. We had an hour and a half meeting. At the end of the meeting, I said, you know what? You did not tell me how to find you business this whole hour and a half. I still have no idea what kind of customer you're looking for. I said, you want to know how to be more effective and get more referrals? I think you need to figure out how to educate people who your customers are. The next meeting we had, he came more prepared. We had another meeting. He came even more prepared. And at the end of that third meeting, which was about three weeks ago, he told me, he says, you know, since we met and I started thinking about this, he took my de my template that I sent him. And uh, he says, I'm getting like two or three referrals a week now. I've been in BNI for almost six years, seven years. And I got more referrals in the past month than I had the past three years. That's awesome. Just because he like nobody ever really said like you need to be more intentional. You need to tell me who you're looking for. Because every time you got together with somebody, they just talk about business, complain about business, and then they'd part. There was no action, no resolution, no thought put into the conversations. And I think a lot of old-time people in networking, that's the way they, they, they focus, right? They just hope, because you know me, you're going to refer me when the time is right. I, I wonder, and, and I, I, I wonder if people like this person you're talking about get somewhat caught up in the lack of business they're getting, they're also not thinking about how to connect others by giving more referrals too, because part of the game is you want to give more also. Yeah. Right. So yeah. you are making it easier for people to give to you, which feels good, yeah. which, you know, I'll tell you last year. So BNI sends out numbers, right? Yeah. So in the past 12 months, I've given 87 referrals. I've received 87 referrals. Kind of odd that it's the same number, but I've that given as much as I've received, right? 
you know, the thank you for business, thank you for close business that I've received for the referrals I've given is $311,000. That's stellar. Right? In 12 so months? In the last 12 months. That's awesome. That is so that's the bit, you know, stellar. so yeah, so giving out and making connections. I mean, I run my business mm. that way. You know, the I have a startup coming. I'll ask them questions like, who do you, how do you getting your business going? Who's your bookkeeper? It's twofold. One of it's, you know, Ricky, and this is right out of David's book, right? You, who's your bookkeeper? Who's the person yeah. doing your payroll, right? Cool. I might want to talk to them. If you trust them, I want to talk to them. But, oh, you don't have a payroll person? I got somebody you should talk to, right? And it's a consultative approach on my business. I can take that approach because I have the backing of network partners that I can refer to them. And if they don't, if they have somebody... I asked for that introduction because that might be a good re referral partner for me down the road. And I and I, I do want to highlight that that takes time to build it does. And, and to to have that confidence, you know, because I started in BNI in February. It's what is this October? It's been eight yep. months, and I have noticed in my meetings, most recently, I'd say that let's just say the last two three weeks, and even with client meetings. I'm starting to be so much more comfortable listening to the cues they're giving me to connect people in my BNI chapter and people I've met in other BNI chapters of networking and starting now to give more than I have when I started. Just from the time spending, listening, and like you said, having that confidence of the referral partners behind me. Yeah. It educates your referral partners too. Because you can say, hey, I was having a meeting with Ricky. He just started up a new business. Sean, and uh, Sean, I made a referral to you because when I asked him what he was doing for healthcare, he said he wanted to do something, but he didn't know who to talk to. All of a sudden, I just educated Sean on a way to ask his customers for me. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Well, it's, it all goes back to like just being intentional, right? You're intentional with the way you're asking for for, for business, the way you're, you know, asking, you're teaching your, your referral partners, the way you're being, you know, who you're going after. It's just this intentionality that, man, that, that could be like the name of the, the episode, this episode, like being intentional with Richard Sweet, like, holy moly, this is good stuff, man. And well, and valuing your time. Exactly. I mean, you, you have a finite, you, it, I, the thing that I've heard from you, I mean, of many things. But one of the things I also want to point out from you today, you have a value for your time. Yeah. You know, your BNI time is $380 and some cents yeah. an hour, right? So why would you? So, so now you know that anything that is bringing your hourly rate down takes is, isn't worth your time. Yeah. And that sounds harsh, harsher than I probably mean, but it's, you know, it, though, it, people it, respect that, right. to be honest with you. And they want, they want to, what I find is, is the people that it goes along with the book I'm reading, TEDx is easier than 2x, right? People want to be around people like that, you know? So how do I get time on Richard's calendar so that I can learn what he's doing? Because I need to do the same things. Well, they know to get time on my calendar, they got to bring referrals. They got to be somebody that we can work together when we have a joint clientele to do business with. Or show up at your BNI meeting. Yeah. So, and it gives you power too, right? Like, uh, it, give, it gives you a huge amount of power because you're not sitting there, you know, buying $10 worth of coffee and thinking about that's an expense networking with somebody yeah. or going to, you're, you're realizing, hey, I'm here and I'm making $380. Yeah. 
like that makes you a lot more like I'd imagine that makes you a lot more focused on what you're doing, not doing this or checking the phone or doing these other things, because, you know, you're there and you're going to make $380 because you're spending your time here or more. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it I is easy it. to have the fun part and have a fun lunch and hardly even mention business. Yeah. And you got to have that once in a while. You got to sure. have those relationships. But in the big scheme of things, like I, said, I mean, I spend like five hours a week on BNI that's not meeting with the people. That out those hourly that that all translates into that earn it earn premium or earn revenue to me, right? You know, and when you prepare for a network meeting, I mean, I take half hour, forty five minutes to prepare for a network meeting to be ready to go, you know, so that I can be more intentional. So I think that's all the time invested in it is important. Where if you're going to meet somebody for lunch and you're rushing out the door at five minutes to twelve to meet the person at twelve o'clock, you show up hurried, you didn't put any time into it. Why should you expect any return out of it if you're not willing to invest into it? Uh, right. And so many of my meetings were that way with people. They would like, they'd show up five minutes late because they got to work late. They weren't prepared. We'd sit there, we'd have food for an hour. They'd listen to me talk for an hour because they had nothing to say. I'd get referrals. They wouldn't. But they got to check their box that they had a one-on-one -on -one meeting with you. Yeah. And they, and they sent me referrals, right? And they got to check that box. Yeah. So I think that's important, you know, and networking and and you show up to a greeters or you show up to an after hours or a BNI meeting or any other type of network meeting. If you're looking at us for time just to get together with friends and hang out, it's not business. And I treat it like business. I like the people I network with. I love working with them. Very few of them go on my fishing boat every, you know, when I go out. And it's not that I wouldn't invite more, but that's the people that, you know, are friends outside of the business world. It's like when you work somewhere, you, you have a lot of people you work with that you like, but you don't necessarily do something with them on the weekends. Networking has to be the same way to me. I want to like the people that are in my network and I do business with, but I don't necessarily need to get together and have beers with them and, you know, every week. So. I mean, sometimes it's okay. No, I'm not say saying I, it's not okay. I mean, we have social events. We do all kinds of fun stuff, but it's just, you know, if every meeting's that way, right? you know, yeah. then it is yeah, just a social club. Yeah. Why are you paying a thousand bucks a year and putting all this time into it just to get together? I mean, <laughs> you know, I don't know. Like how much money do you have to pay somebody to be your friend? Yeah. Yeah, $380, I guess, an hour. On that note, like we, yeah. we need to start wrapping this up just out of respect for your time. We really appreciate it. Maybe we can have you on for a second time, but uh, we definitely want to make sure you get in how people can find you and, and uh, you know, reach out to you if they are that specific customer, they know somebody who needs to talk to you. Yeah, pretty straightforward. VantagePointRisk.com is the website. It's getting revamped right now by Advisor Evolve. Got to give Chris Langle a shout out nice. for that. He makes um, awesome insurance websites. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, Facebook, he's a great guy. Richard, yeah, Richard Sweet on Facebook, Richard Sweet on LinkedIn and Instagram. It's all pretty straightforward. So, awesome. yeah, and I love to help. I mean, I, I love education, you know, and, you know, people shouldn't feel intimidated by the $380 an hour. That's a That's a small price to pay. <laughs> but, no, 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 but it goes but, to the point yeah. of how you can make it effective, right? Yeah. I think a lot of people want to know how to increase their hourly rate, or if they don't think that way now, they might. Yeah. And showing how BNI is more than just that 
dollar for dollar, what are you giving me, but how you've made it become an income for you. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. But I mean, people can reach out. I mean, I'm happy to help offer advice, give input, share my resources. You know, it takes energy, it takes effort, but it pays off in the long run, both for you and your network partners. I mean, I got to say, I, I can't say enough of how thankful I am and how appreciative I am of you spending this hour with us and being here. I think that we definitely have some follow-up episodes down the road when you have time and we save up $380. <laughs> Just joking. <laughs> we, um, we need to do a shop talk version, you know? Take, I think dissect, so. Dissect some stuff, right? Tactics. Yeah. We, Fletch and I have been talking about having a sub category of kind of some tactics here and there for people and uh we're just getting started so there's a lot to come and we have one final question the way we like to wrap these up yeah so let's say i Fletch and i or any of our listeners are down in eugene they run into richard sweet and we want to sit down and talk to you which what's your coffee order oat milk latte Half yes half. me too <laughs> <laughs> uh, i have one i don't have one every day but man that's my favorite so yeah i love it yeah, right. they're good. They're definitely good and worth it. Well, man, we really do appreciate you having you on today. And uh, we uh, hope to have you on in the future. This thing's rocking and rolling and we can dive into some other things. And uh, we do. We appreciate your time here, man. So thank you. Hey, guys. Take care. Thank you for listening to Well Connected with Ricky and Fletch, the place for navigating business growth through networking. If you've learned even one thing from sharing the last hour with us, please share this with a friend or associate who also might appreciate it too. Only together can we become truly well-connected. Join us each week to learn, grow, and network your way to new heights. heights.